better is one day in your house, like better is one day in church, right? Good. Well, you have that understanding that I will see you all here next week. But man, I really enjoyed that. And if you didn't notice, I'm just going to set this down right here. I know this is really awkward, but I'm just going to set that down for right there for just a second. I know that this morning, uh, Pastor Daniel, as he, uh, as he talked about that, one of the things that we wanted to do this morning was we wanted to really highlight uh, the fact that all of these songs that we sang this morning come right out of Scripture, come right out of the Bible. Uh, and we hope that that would be something that you can remember uh, later on as we uh, continue through um, as we continue through the service, that you can remember that these songs are straight out of Scripture so that you can recall them to your mind, so that you can remember them later on during the week. And you can you know, sing them as you're riding in the car to lunch and instead of arguing and all those different things. Uh, today is like our fifth Sunday as we've been going through the Armor of God study. Uh, today is, is a really good day for us. And just so you know, the reason that we're having Kids Sunday is because we at church, uh, Creekside Church, we value family. Uh, we value the families being together. And uh, I don't know about you, but I was really excited just looking around and seeing a lot of our kids worship this morning. So if you're a kid and you're normally at this time going to pirate ship, we welcome you. Welcome to Big Church. We're glad that you are here. And with that, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Adults, you can participate too. I need a volunteer. Who's interested in helping me out? Let's see. All right, let me, how about Jacob? How about you, man? Let's see what you got. Come on up to the stage. Guys, this is Jacob Stromlin. Would you help me welcome him to the stage? <laughs> That's right. I have a feeling this guy is going to be on stage one day. I don't know in what capacity. Come on, give me, let me show, show him what we got. Show him what we got. You remember? There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. All right. This is my guy right here. This is my guy. We're excited to have Jacob here this morning. So, Jacob, here's what I need you to do. I need you to do me a favor. I want you to just stand right here in the middle. Pretend like you don't see this. Just stand right here in the middle. You can wave to everybody. Tell them good morning. All right. So, so far, in this Armor of God series, we've talked a lot about defense. Okay? So, if you can imagine, we've talked a lot about how our bodies are covered with the armor of God, that we have on our heads, we have the helmet of salvation, that we have the breastplate of righteousness, that our feet are covered with the gospel of peace. And we talked about last week how we have the shield of faith in our, in our hands. And if you can imagine back in uh, the time of the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, back actually right around then, that the shield would have actually even been taller uh, than Jacob here, the shield of faith. We've talked about all of those pieces. Now, if you're thinking a little bit about that, all of the armor that we've talked about so far, they're purely defensive, right? They're purely defensive. Like, they're not on the attack. They're not there to help you ambush. They're not there to, to be on the offensive or anything like that. They're purely defensive. Now, can you imagine with me, for just a second, like, if you were to play a sport, how many of you like love sports? Can you imagine if there was only defense and no offense? That's a terrible strategy, right? You would just be worn slap out. Can you imagine, like if you're in a battle or if you have two armies at, at war together, can you imagine that if you're, uh, you're, like your only strategy was just to be on the defensive? Like as long as we don't get attacked and as long as we don't allow them to score on us, we're fine. 
But we're never going to attack the enemy. We're never going to fight back. We're never going to push harder. Can you imagine, like, what? That would be terrible. Well, see, sometimes we do that in our spiritual lives. As we dress ourselves with the armor of God, as we have on the shield of faith, as we have on the breastplate of righteousness, we're covered in the armor. Sometimes we view our spiritual lives and our walk with Christ and temptation and sin as purely a defensive thing. I'm just pray. I'm just pray. I can't fight back. You see, Paul is going to tell us in just a few minutes here in Ephesians chapter 6 that we have something that we can fight back with. Allow you to hold that for just a second. So Jacob, this is your weapon here. Show me, if you will, show me what you're supposed to do with that sword. Oh, come on. Come on. Give me something. You guys cheer Jacob on a little bit. Let, let's, now give me a good swing. Give me a good swing. There it is. All right. You guys give Jacob a hand. Great. Thank you, man. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much for your help. I can see us doing that again in the future. Maybe, maybe we should just hire you. You should be one of the pastors here. I would love that. <laughs> so we swing the sword, right? We have the sword of the Spirit in our hands that, that we're supposed to swing, that this is our offense, like you're not purely on defense, that you have the sword that Paul is going to talk about in just a minute. And he's going to tell us this morning, he's going to tell us that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And the sword of the Spirit, that the weapon that we have to be on the offensive, to be attacking our enemies so that we're not standing by and so that we're not prey. He says that that sword that we have in our hands is the Bible. Like, is God's Word. Like, that is the thing that we attack our enemy with, that we are on the offensive with, is the Word of God, the Bible. Now, here's, this, here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about the Word of God is that no other piece of the armor can come about without the Word. We don't know about faith apart from the Word. We don't know about righteousness apart from the Word. We don't know about peace apart from the Word. And without this, this is, this is the foundational piece to every other piece of the armor that we've talked about. Righteousness, faith, all those types of things. This is the foundational block that we have to have and Satan doesn't want you to know it. Satan does not want you to know the Word of God. Our enemy does not want you to know the Bible. He is perfectly satisfied. You with me? He is perfectly satisfied with you waking up in the morning too busy to read it. He is perfectly satisfied with you being more fascinated with Netflix than you are the Bible. Perfectly satisfied for you to sit and and read the Bible as if it were a newspaper where it doesn't do any transformation on your life, where it doesn't make you any more like Christ. He is perfectly fine if you just read it and kind of skim it. And okay, this happened, and I see this happened. But it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything to my day to day. You have a weapon in your hands that is the Word of God. And Satan does not want you to know it. And he doesn't want you to be satisfied with it. He doesn't want you to be in it, ap applying it, any of those things. And so he sends distractions to you. Wants you to be bombarded with distractions. Wants you to wake up late and tired and disgruntled. Wants you to be satisfied with Netflix. Listen, I think we've established this over the last several weeks. 
But just in case you haven't understood, (laughs) our enemy is real. And our enemy hates us collectively. Our enemy hates you personally. And you have a weapon in your hand that is the Word of God. And He doesn't want you to know it. He doesn't want you to read it. He doesn't want you to use it as a weapon because He knows that He's been defeated by it so many times by now. And so today, if I can convince you of anything, I want to convince you of this. Now the Bible and our strategy to fight sin and our our strategy to fight temptation, it cannot come apart from the Spirit of God working through the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, this is where we've been over the last five weeks, and this is where we'll have one more week. Next week is our last week in the Armor of God series. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. You can see one right over there on our Connect table. But the words should be on the screen. If you've got it, say, I'm there. Starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, because you can stand, because our enemy is real, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and this is where we're going to focus in today, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, in Paul's time as he's writing this, you had a sword, like if you had a sword in your house, you had a sword for one reason and one reason only, and it's to swing and then ask questions later. But you see, this type of sword that we're talking about here in the original Greek is not just any type of sword. It would have actually been probably about this big. It would have been probably uh, just a little bit bigger than a knife. Like he's not talking about those big ones that you see on Lord of the Rings or anything like that. Almost more like a like a, a large knife or a dagger or something like that. That's the type of sword that he's talking about here that we use. That is the type of sword, and I believe that he says this so that he can allow us to to be in a little bit and to know that our enemy is close. Like we're talking about hand to hand combat, right? That's why we need a, a close sword, like something almost like a knife, because we're in really really close and. It's close quarter combat because the enemy is going to be right up in your face. Like, I don't know about you, but he's definitely right up in my face in those moments of temptation where I feel like he's trying to convince me to sin, trying to get me to believe lies, trying to to pull me in. It's a close quarter combat. And the type of sword that we're talking about here is a very, very small sword, a little bit bigger than a knife. He's insinuating that with this sword, we are to to take it and attack, uh, to subdue, to kill our enemy, to be on the attack. 
Because he's right there trying to devour us. He says, take this sword that you have in your hand and don't just leave it there, but attack your enemy. Put it to death, essentially. Put your sin to death that lives within you. Put the enemy who is before you, put it to death. Put that thought to death. Put that lie to death. Put that action to death. Put that worldview to death. Lay it aside and through the word of God, kill it kill it. Welcome, kids. We're glad you're here with us this morning. (laughs) Famous theologian John Owen says this about sin. He says, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Mm. Let me read that again for you. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. And he has another way of saying it in another book that he wrote, John Owen If you haven't read any of John Owen, I would encourage you to do that. But he also says that sin wants what is utmost in you. That sin just doesn't want you to sin one time. It doesn't want just a piece of you. It doesn't want a quarter of you, a half of you. Sin wants all of you. And so be killing sin or sin will be killing you. And so that's what Paul is talking about right here as he talks about this sword of the Spirit that you are not defenseless. Brothers and sisters, we're not defenseless. We have an offense in our hands that we're able to use, and we're able to use this sword. But, but I, don't, I don't want you to misunderstand that we're not just using this sword, like it's, we're not just able to use this Word of God like it's magical, but we, we use this Word as we depend on the Spirit. As we depend on the Spirit. Now, we haven't spent much time talking about the Spirit of God, but once you become a believer, or once you become a follower of Jesus, we believe that the Scripture is very clear that the Spirit of God, also known as the Holy Spirit, or depending on how many times you went to church with Grandma, the Holy Ghost, whatever you're familiar with, whatever you like to use, the Spirit of God comes to live within you. The Spirit of God lives inside of you, and as As you're growing in Christ, we don't believe that it's anything about our flesh that's making us change. We don't believe that it's anything about the old us that's making us different. We only look more like Jesus as the Spirit of God works in us. As the Spirit of God brings us closer to God. You see, we have the only religion in the world, the only religion in the world that believes that once you become a follower, once you settle in and say, I'm following Jesus or, or I adhere to this religion or I adhere to Christianity, we have the only religion in the world that believes that once you become a follower, that God himself comes to indwell in you and makes you look more like said God to then defeat the enemy that is after you. It is a beautiful thing. And so if you're here this morning and you're trying to defeat sin without the Spirit of God, it's defenseless. It's without purpose, like it's with no success at all. Whenever we talk about putting sin to death, we talk about putting sin to death as we depend on the Spirit of God that lives strong within us. You guys know that, right? There's nothing that you can do in the flesh, in the old you. There is absolutely no point in trying to say, I'm never going to do that again, never going to do that again. There's no power in that. Am I the only one that's ever been there? Like, you know, like, I'm never going to do it again, never going to do it again. I'll set my clock to it, set my calendar to it. I'll never, ever, ever do it again. White-knuckle Christian. There's no power in that. There's only power through the Spirit of God. 
you know, whenever I think about this in my life, I, I think about sometimes how I would like to go to the gym maybe about once a month or something like that. The struggle is real. But every now and then I like to go to the gym. And my favorite thing to do is just bench press. Like that's all I really want to do is just bench press. Just get on there, take it off the rack. You see, sometimes uh, it gets a little risky because I like to take off more than I can handle. And without somebody behind me that we call a spot, whenever I lift, off, uh, lift up off the rack and bring it down on my chest, there's a lot of times where there's, uh, there is a, a room for failure there. There is room for taking off more than I can bear, taking off more than I can handle. And without somebody there, that thing would crush me, like kill me. Just flat on my chest, collapse lung, whatever you want to say, dropping it on my face, whatever it is. Without somebody there to depend on, to pull that thing off of me, I'd be helpless. You see, sometimes we look at life, we look at sin like, I can do this. I got this. Brothers and sisters, listen, anytime you try to defeat sin on your own, you're taking way more than you can bear. You cannot defeat sin on your own. And even if you do, even if you go a single momentary second without sinning, with saying no to temptation, what usually happens there is that becomes a, a vice, a, a, a form of self-righteousness where we say, I did this, and that in itself is sin too. You cannot do it without the Spirit of God depending on the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.13 says this. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will die. If you're trying to defeat sin on your own, you will die, meaning that you will give in to sin, meaning that you will, you will fail, meaning that it, through this you will become spiritually dead. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It says blatantly in Romans chapter 8 that it's God in us that's fighting those battles for us. That it's God in us who is the mighty fortress fighting those battles within. So you have to, you have to depend on the Spirit of God. Do you realize the power of that? Do you realize the, the work of the Spirit in your life? When is the last time that as a follower of Jesus, that as a believer in Christ, that you saw yourself grow because of the Spirit of God? When is the last time that you took a look on what was going on in your life and said, I can see how the Spirit is growing me along as I'm moving along in my faith journey? When is the last time that through the Spirit you said no to sin? It's His work in us. And if we're not depending on Him, we're losing the battle every time. So not only do we depend on the Spirit, but we also depend on the Spirit, just like I said a little bit ago, through the Word. You see, one of the main ways that the Spirit of God speaks to you is He speaks to you through reading the Bible. He speaks to you as you read this Bible. It's not something that we've concocted. It's not something that you need to come up with on your own. But He speaks to you right here through the Scriptures in the Word of God. And He does this because He wrote it. Because the Spirit of God is breathing the Scriptures out, as He's inspiring men to write the Bible, as He's speaking to them, 
and they write out the Scriptures, it is the Scriptures that we have through the Spirit. So we have to depend on the Spirit through the Word of God. Depend on the Spirit through the Word of God. And this is from 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Breathed out. This, this Greek word here means pneuma, means breath. That is breathed out by God. You see, the Bible was written not by men, Specifically, their hands were there, but we believe that the Bible was spoken by God to men, and it was inspired this way. So it was breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, we test everything through the Word of God. Whenever we hear lies from Satan... Is this the truth or not? And we use the Word of God to, this is our first point of reference to say, okay, what does the Word of God have to say about that? No, 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 I see it in the Word of God. That's a lie. That's not truth. The Word of God says this. And that's how we combat temptation. You see, every temptation that you have in life is a form of a lie. Believe this. Listen to this. You will be satisfied by this. And every time we pick up the Word of God, we see what is truth, that it exposes all of Satan's lies, and it says, no, 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 this is what is true. This is what is real. Don't believe the lies. And every time we choose truth over lies, we're putting sin to death. We're putting sin to death. Every time there's a dispute among believers... Every time there's a quarrel that rises among the churches, and I'm not saying that we do here. Every time there's a question brought into the church, every time there's something that we need to think about, what are we to think about as believers? What are we to think about things that are going on in the world? Well, we test it through the Word of God. What is my worldview supposed to be about loving my brothers and sisters, about loving people who who oppose me? What are we supposed to do about that? We look, at, we look straight to the Word of God. This is, listen, everything that happens in Creekside Church will happen because we see it, because we hear it, or because we want to teach it straight from the Bible. It's the church that we are. It's the church that we're going to be. So we depend on the Spirit through the Word. Let me ask you this, brothers and sisters in Christ, where is your sword? Like you personally, individually. You dusted that thing off in a minute. Where's your sword? You see, this, as the Word of God, is what we use to, to attack. Like to put it to death. To be done with it. And if you're not spending time reading God's Word, let me tell you this. I don't care what your reasoning is, I don't care what your argument is, you will not defeat sin. If you're not spending time in the Word, like on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, regularly, where you're you're listening, where you're hearing, where you see exactly what the Scripture says, you will not defeat sin. You do not have the power. You are not strong enough. You will lose every single time. And just like we talked about, just like we talked about just a second ago, that standing with the armor, that's good, and you need that. Like, I, 
I promise. You need the breastplate of righteousness. You need the shield of faith. You need all of those things. But they don't come without the Word. And so we want to help you do this. We want to help you learn how to read the Bible. If, if it's a, a reading problem, we want to help you with that. We have a book over there called Divine Mentor that is specifically designed to help you learn how to read the Scriptures, to help you journal through the Scriptures. We have songs that we just sang this morning that we want you to, to know and memorize that are straight out of Scripture so that you can use them later on. If it's if it's not having anybody to read the Bible with, we have structures and systems set up in our church that are meant for you to learn how to read the Bible with somebody else. If you're not involved in a huddle, let me strongly encourage you to get involved in a huddle where you're sitting down with somebody, uh, another friend in Christ, another believer, where you're sitting across the table at a Starbucks and you're reading the Scriptures together, open table. And where you can read and pray and hold each other accountable. Whatever it is, read the Scriptures. Read the Bible. Secondly, we want you, we want you to memorize it. You guys help me out for just a second. All right? I'm not going to sing it, so just help me. Okay? I'm not musically inclined. So give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. All right, good. A few of you got it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the, you can remember as like the, the whole thing, right? If we were to stand and pledge of allegiance right now, every single person in this room could probably get through it, depending on how long you've been in an elementary school. We want you to memorize the scriptures. Memorize it where you've got them written down on your hearts. Whenever these tough moments come, where these hard times are there, when you've got it written down on your heart, you can quote it or you can speak it. And you say, no, 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 Satan, I, I hear you tempting me. I, I hear what you're trying to do. I read the Psalms this morning. Let me quote the Psalms to you. I know truth. Let me quote it to you. See, whenever Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan for 40 days, and as Satan is quoting those scriptures to Jesus, and they're in this moment of intense battle and He's trying to get Jesus to trip up. He's trying to get Jesus to sin. Jesus didn't have the scrolls there. Like he wasn't opening up to his ESV Bible with his cup of coffee there. It was on his heart. He knew it. And because he knew it, he was able to put that temptation to death there. Trust it. Read it, memorize it, trust it. This is an act of trust that we're talking about here. This is an active type of trust. This is the, the killing sin part. Whenever you trust in God's words over Satan's lies, you're killing sin. Whenever you trust that the Bible and, and your relationship with Christ can satisfy you like nothing else, you're trusting in it and you're using the sword. You can interchange it, almost like obey it here. Obey what the Word says. Trust and obey. Trust and obey what the Bible says. And then lastly, proclaim it. Proclaim it. This is one that we often forget, but preach the Bible to yourself. Like have a habit, building it into your lifestyle where you're preaching the Bible to yourself on a regular basis. Set up ways around your house where you can re remember what the Scripture says, where you have a verse here, and I'm not talking about that one over the sink, like that token one up over the sink. 
or that country lifestyle or whatever type of design you like in your house. But I'm talking about ways where you can really look at the scriptures on a daily basis. Where you're proclaiming it, where, where you can use it whenever you're in conversation with your neighbors, with your friends, with your families, whatever it is where you're proclaiming the word of God to each other. So read it, memorize it, trust it, and proclaim it, all these things. Guys, whenever we do that, we're using the sword. Whenever we do that, we have the sword in our hands that we are able now, that through the Spirit of God, we can put sin to death. You guys understand this? And this whole Armor of God series that we've, that we've been getting to, that this is the crescendo of what Paul is trying to say here, is that you're not alone. You're not defenseless. This is the crescendo of everything that he's trying to say in Ephesians chapter 6. So let me ask you, what's your plan? What is your proactive plan to read the Bible? What is your proactive plan to trust it, to memorize it? That's something that you have to do. And the very ones, listen, the very ones of us in this room who feel like we're struggling the most, who feel like we're just consistently falling into sin, we're consistently being knocked down, consistently being ate up. If you're in this room and you feel like you're struggling the most, and sometimes that's me, maybe this is a root of said problem. Maybe you're one of the ones in the room this morning that are in the Bible the least. And because of that, you're, you're leaving yourself wide open to temptation. You're leaving yourself wide open and vulnerable to attack. And so my invite today, Paul's invite, God's invite, is to simply be a student of the Bible. It's to love it. It's to cherish it, to eat it up. And then to use the Spirit of God to attack sin. You see, this morning we have one more song and the band is going to come and play. And uh, it's a song that we're going to sing again just straight out of the Scripture, straight from the book of Revelation. And no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself this morning, I, I hope that you would find yourself being obedient for some of you. The thing that you need to do this morning is to come and take a Bible from the shelf over there. We would love to give you one. I think as a matter of fact, in our seven months of existence, we've only had one or two Bible taken. If that's you, if you need the Word of God to read it on your own, be my guest. It's free. For some of you, you need this morning, you need to find somebody that you can huddle with, that you can pray with, read the Scriptures with, that someone that will hold you accountable to the Scriptures. For some of you this morning, you need to get right with the Lord and say, no, 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 I've messed up for far too long and I need to confess this sin. I need to confess that I've been defenseless just sitting there without attacking. Whatever it is this morning, we pray that you would find yourself obedient. That you would take time to get along with God. If you need to spread out this morning, you need to get along, be isolated, whatever it is, we invite you to do that. Don't leave this place without being obedient. And if you're here this morning without a relationship with Jesus, forget everything that I've said. Forget everything that I've said, except that the Bible 
is the one thing that leads us to Christ. And the message of the Scriptures is that we are desperately in need of a Savior. Desperately in need of a Savior who is Jesus Christ. And so if you're here this morning without a relationship with Christ, without faith, apart from Him, my invite to you is simple too. Today is the day that you believe in Jesus. Don't leave from here without starting and beginning a relationship with Christ where you say, I follow Jesus and I claim Jesus at Lord as Lord and I'm going to allow Christ to change all these areas of my life. And then, and only then, do you get what we call the Holy Spirit where He attacks sin in your life. And so allow the message to be clear. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we want that to happen today. I'll be in the back of the room, and if you would like anybody to pray with you, if you want to just confess sin, whatever it is, if you are struggling with a particular area that you would like growth in, whatever it is, pray that you would be faithful in that this morning. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we give today to you. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, that you might change us. That you might make us more like you. Lord, if there be any person here this morning who feels like they might be struggling with sin, who feel like maybe they've given in to temptation for so long and who just feel defenseless, feel the weight of their sin this morning, I pray that you would speak to them. It's not by accident that they're here. Lord, for the one Lord, who wants to grow, who wants to read the Bible, who wants to but just doesn't know how, Lord, for that person, I pray that you would give them boldness to step into that, Lord, to take that next step of faith, to be disciplined. Lord, I pray that today we would look more like Jesus than we did yesterday. And that can only be done through the Spirit of God in the Word of Christ. Lord, have your will and your way this morning. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to sit there this morning and just pray for a bit, if you want to stand and sing, we invite you to do all of that. There's going to be a moment in time later on where we are reading from the Bible. We're going to read from Revelation for this song. We invite you to read along with us, to read it out loud, to speak it, to proclaim the Word of God here this morning. Don't be shy, don't be bashful. Whatever you need to do this morning, we pray that you would do that and be faithful.